performerstuff.com presents In the Holding Room with Christian Abbott. Hey, everybody, I'm Christian, and you are in the holding room. So go ahead, sign in, take a number, leave me your headshot and resume, and have a seat, because you're going to be here for an amazing episode. In our Performer Spotlight segment today, an amazing woman who has great regional and Broadway credits, but she proves that you don't have to be on Broadway to make a great living in theater because for the past seven years, she's been working equity productions at Walt Disney World in Florida. Now, in our Professor's Corner segment, a gentleman who's been making a living on Broadway since 97 when he premiered in Titanic. But he's going to be talking about why college auditions are so different and his experience going through the Carnegie Mellon program. So you don't want to miss Professor's Corner either. So sit back, grab a pen and paper, take some notes, and enjoy this episode of In the Holding Room. Performer Stuff was created to meet the needs of folks just like you, performers, educators, and professionals in the entertainment industry. At Performer Stuff, you can search our online store for monologues and music for your next audition or to use in your classroom. On our More Good Stuff blog, you can access hundreds of articles and how-to lists created just for you by industry professionals. There are dance and voice classes and workshops at PS Academy. Plus, you can download podcasts and shows just like this one, featuring performers and entertainment pros from around the world. Basically, it's an online community just for you. So check out the website at performerstuff.com or follow us on social media. In our Performer Spotlight segment today, an amazing woman who has some great regional theater and Broadway credits like Grease and the original Broadway cast of The Wedding Singer, but for the past seven years, she's been making a living performing in equity productions at Walt Disney World. You might have seen her if you visited because millions of people have seen her performing the role of Dory in Finding Nemo, the musical. Please welcome to our Performer Spotlight, the incredible Christina Sivrich. Christina Sivrich, it is amazing to see you. How are you doing? I am doing all right. I'm hanging in there, you know, as, as we all are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's, I know we haven't had a chance to see each other in a while. It's been fun following you on social media and you. you're bringing a lot of joy and a lot of light to a lot of people with, with your quotes and with thank your you. silliness. And I just can't thank you enough for making us all smile every day. So I just oh, wanted to say you. that. That's well. what I want to do. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> You've uh, accomplished so much. You've been in some amazing productions and you've had a great career with the Walt Disney Company as well. I know that some of the processes you've been through to land those gigs Mm -hmm. are ones that our audience can learn from. So can you take us back and maybe walk us through one of those auditions and what you learned from it? Yeah, um, I can start with my, um, my one of my Disney auditions. So um, I started with the Disney company through Disney Cruise Line. That's actually how, how we know each other. Yep. <laughs> um, but I had auditioned for them uh, while I was still in college. And they, they go on an audition tour every year. They happen to come to my school. And um, I auditioned. I, I remember I went in and I sang a song. And honestly, I can't remember what song I sang. But while I was in there, they asked if I would uh, if I could sing Part of Your World, which, of course, I knew. Everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> so I sang a little bit of that. And um, I ended up dancing that day as well. And there were a lot of people there. But I I ended up, um, I don't think, I may have read a little bit too, read a little bit of the script, like just on the spot. 
Did you go to a singer call or did they put everybody through? Oh, okay. Yeah. They had a singer call and a dancer call that day. And um, I ended up going to the singer call and um, it was cool that I got to do that stuff in the room that that doesn't always happen. But, um, but I guess he saw that I, I fit a a track on the ship. So he wanted to see, Oh, can she do this? But the funny thing is that audition went really well. And I didn't hear anything for almost a year. It just, they only had two ships at the time. It was the wonder and the magic. And um, as you know, they just, they need to have a track open, you know, spot open for someone that they're interested in. And it did take that long. I thought that ship had sailed like for (laughs) lack of a better word or saying, but, um, but yeah, they ended up calling and I was like, I'm sorry, who, who is this? (laughs) And then I, you know, obviously I was so excited, but I ended up getting cast as uh, Anne-Marie in Disney Dreams, which is a little girl who has these dreams of, you know, learning how to fly with, and Peter Pan helps her believe in yeah. herself. And <laughs> Yeah. So it was just that one day of an audition then, you sang your song, then they had you sing a Disney song, they mm-hmm. danced you, you read a side, it was just one day, you, there was no callbacks for it? That was kind of the callback at that time. I think things are a little bit different now, but... Um, I mean, this was back, this was a while ago. Um, But what I did do during that time, because I was really interested in in working for Disney Cruise Line. I wanted to work for Disney in any capacity, but I was really hoping that I'd be able to work for Cruise Line. And um, every month or so, I used to send the casting director, whose name was Ron LaRosa, who I love, um, he, I would send him a postcard and it would just have my headshot on it. I don't even know if people still do that. (laughs) Back then we would send postcards, you guys. And um, yeah, I would just say, you know, say, this is what I'm doing. I'm still interested. And just to keep me in his mind, because obviously they're still having all these auditions. They're seeing tons and tons of people. And, um, you know, I was prepared to go back to another audition, but, um, but it just so happened that, that that's how it worked out for me for Cruise Line. And then I did f- a total of five contracts with them. Um, and after that, it's kind of like a, I'm, I'm available. Um, I would like to do this. To, and then if, you know, if they want to hire you back, they will. So that's kind of how it worked for me. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great way to pay it off college, isn't it? Yes, just definitely. Go out to sea and not pay for rent, not pay for your bills. Just yep. go out to sea for six months at a time. Seriously. <laughs> that's actually one of the best things I could have done after my first two contracts was pay off my student loans. I'm so glad I did that. So keep that in mind, people. <laughs> All right. So what else? So during that time, I mean, you waited a year, you know, to I get did, that yeah. call. And, and I think we've all felt, you know, the, the heartache of not getting the call. Mm-hmm. But then a year later, you kind of get that confirmation that, no, you were great. We loved you. We just yeah. didn't have anything available. So I think what you went through is a hard lesson to learn when you're younger, but don't take it personally because you never know. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard not to take it personally, but if you can, yep. maybe, maybe yeah, you'll get a call you, you don't have all the now. information. You know, it's like you could sit there and think, oh, I didn't get it because I sucked or, you know, I did this wrong or you can pick apart any audition that you go to. Um, and it's hard not to, like you said, if, especially if you're not hearing anything, um, in that time I ended up, um, you know, I, you continue to audition. I did so much auditioning and I feel like I, you know, more so than not, I I would not get the job. (laughs) That's just the reality of, of our business. And, um, so the more you audition, you know, the more people get to know you and, and, um, in that time I actually had done 
So I said, I, I kept sending postcards to tell him what I was doing. So I had done some, uh, a summer stock season at West Virginia Public Theater. And um, we happened to do a production of Grease where I played Frenchie. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks after that ended, a friend of mine called me and said he was getting called in for the uh, national tour of Greece. They needed a Eugene and they needed a Jan. And I had just played Frenchie, but I'm also um, very in between types. I understudy a lot. I have understudied a lot in my life. <laughs> it has become my thing. Um, it is quite the skill that I've developed. So I was like, well, maybe I'll go in. I don't know. He's like, well, they're having appointments. So give them a call. And I was like, I didn't have an agent, nothing. I think I was just kind of ballsy back then. And I was like, all right. So I called the office and said, my friend Ryan is coming in. He has an appointment and I would love to be seen for Jan. And luckily they said, okay, yeah, come on in. So I was able to get that audition that way. Again, this is not normal. I I don't think I would even do that now, but um, I guess I just didn't know any better and took a chance. So it ended up paying off. I was the first person to audition that day. And uh, I went in and I had to sing a 50s song. I sang um, Today I'm at the Boy I'm Gonna Marry, which was a song that I would, I sang, I like 50s and 60s music a lot, but I um, I have sang that song for um, like hairspray auditions. So that was in my book. So I sang that and um, they had me prepare part of Mooning. Um, and I think part of We Go Together. I also had some sides that I had to read that day. Um, there was no dance audition for this. Really? Yeah, he didn't really dance that much as a as a principal character in that show. Um, okay. I have I think if I had been called in for ensemble to cover, I would have danced. But sure. they needed this is for a replacement call, which is also different than going to you know a call for a show that's being that everything needs to be cast. So this was just for two different roles, and um, so I had that one audition, and I ended up getting that job. Um, so I went out on tour for five months. It was a non-union tour of Greece. Um, Eddie Mecca and um, uh, from Laverne and Shirley, yep. uh, Cindy Williams. They were both in it. She was Miss Lynch. He was Vince Fontaine. Wow. That's and, awesome. Uh, I got to tour the country on a bus. It was, <laughs> it was craziness. I loved every minute of it. And um, yeah. So, so again, there was no callback for this. You sang for that one. No, <laughs> I guess it kind of all happened in the same day, which again, that's yeah. not really normal. Um, yeah, that's why I'm asking. Jobs that have had like, you know, six, seven callbacks, but for mm. these two in particular, which were early on in, in, in my career, um, it was just the, uh, the one day it's like one and done. <laughs> so how different was your, your audition for Greece on Broadway? Well, the Grease on Broadway, actually, one that would probably be even better is Wedding Singer because I had seven callbacks for that show. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yeah, so Wedding Singer, you made your Broadway debut in that show, if I'm not mistaken. I did, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was everything I wanted it to be. I got all my Broadway firsts, you know. I got to record in, uh, the album. I got to be on the Tonys. We got to perform in the Today Show. Like all the things that I, you know, grew up watching, I got to do. So um, that was totally a dream come true. I went to a, it wasn't, it was a chorus call for the show. So, um, so it was an equity chorus call. They wanted 16 bars of an 80 song. There were so many girls there, over 500, that they cut it down to eight bars of an 80 song. Um I was wow. very much like, should I? I, I think my number was in like the 200s. I'm like, should I stay? I'm like, well, you're here. 
you have on your neon, you know, makeup and your <laughs> jean skirt. So, so I, uh, so yeah, I stayed. Great point. <laughs> what, what did you wear to that audition to the wedding singer? Did you go, you know, in 80s glam? Not entirely. I like yeah. to do like a touch of, of something of, yeah. so for the 80s, I didn't want to go full on like, you know, Madonna video. <laughs> yeah. Some people do that. It's, you know, it's up to you. I like to do a little touch of something. So um, I had, a, I remember I wore a, like an acid wash jean skirt, which was in my wardrobe for some strange reason. <laughs> um, I wore, um, I think it was just kind of like a random top. I had a, uh, like a, a neon bow in my hair. Mm. Um, so it was just like a little, little touch of the 80s. Yeah. 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 Okay. I know people stress out about what to wear. So it's always good to hear that the choices that somebody made who got the job. So yeah. Yeah, just, just a nod. Just a no, nod. it's so true. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to the the wedding singer, but um, but that brings up another point earlier um, in my, another first audition, my very first um, callback for a Broadway show is for You're in Town. Mm-hmm. And that show, oh, I love that show so much. But um, I remember I went to that call in like a flowery dress and some heels, which looking back now, um, that was probably not the best choice because that's not what the show is. But at the time I had been auditioning so much. And I again, I was a very, very new to New York. And for me, that's just what you did. You wore your cute little dress and your heels. And, um, and I remember uh, the casting director for that show, her name is Laura Stanzik. I love her. She, um, she gave me great advice. I, I had my first audition. She's like, I'm going to bring you back tomorrow. I need you to dress down. I need you to like, you don't have to be so cute and perfect, <laughs> you know, like take, like wear some, you know, some flats Wear don't wear shoes for all I care. <laughs> like just, and it almost gave me like something went off in my head. Like it gave me permission to be able to, to make choices like that because yeah. for whatever reason it, it makes so much sense now and it seems like well duh but at the time I just wasn't thinking that way so for me it was kind of like oh you can you can dress for dress for the part you know again I don't go full-on costume but um but I did come back to that that callback I didn't get the job but I had two callbacks for it and um I ended up wearing like you know some like ratty jean dress and I don't even I, I think I had on flip-flops so yeah. <laughs> That's but I great. think it, it's good because then it gets you into the character. You know, it makes you feel like I'm I'm in the zone. You know, I'm I'm in the right world that I'm supposed to be in for this audition. Yeah, doing it just doing a little research about what the show is about, yes. what time period it's in, mm-hmm. um, but not going too costumey because that might yes. pigeonhole you. Um, but I mean you got seen by that casting team, you know, you got seen over and over again, you know, you put your best foot forward, you went into the room and maybe you were dressed inappropriately, but you were confident in what you were wearing. So that has to help anything that can give you confidence when walking into an audition room is, is okay. And so they saw the spark in you. And what was really cool is they gave you that advice because sometimes there's just too many people to deal with and they won't even concern themselves. Yes. I, I, like I said, I, she, I love that she took the time to tell me that because it did stick with me. And that's what I do. Like from then on, it was kind of like, you know, what, what am I auditioning for? Like, like for wedding singer at one mm-hmm. point during my wedding singer callbacks, I wore a t-shirt that said, um, was, I think your tractor is sexy or something, you know, <laughs> that's just so fun. Sexy. And like, Best you know, audition shirt ever. Exactly. <laughs> 
So take us back. So it's the first, it's the yes. first audition for a wedding singer. You're mm-hmm. 200 in line. There's 500 women there. Yes. You only get eight bars mm-hmm. to sing because there's so many people showing up. Sometimes it's 32. They yep. asked for 16 and now they cut this to eight. Yep. Ouch. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, well, um, and I say, I remember I saying, uh, let's get physical. So I sang the last eight bars of Let's Get Physical, best I could. Um, And I happened to uh, know the guys that wrote The Wedding Singer uh, because they wrote a show on Disney Cruise Line that I did. And um, normally at a chorus call, the casting director is there. Maybe maybe a choreographer, maybe. It just kind of depends. But the team is never there. But at this particular audition... The writers were there and I walked into the room and I, I didn't know they were there. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was the first time I knew the casting director and I knew the people that wrote a show. Um, and I know for a fact that my first callback, now had I bombed that audition, I would not have gotten a callback. So I did right. something right. But I know that, you know, eight bars is not a lot of music or like I said, over 500 women there. Knowing those guys helped me to get that first callback. So. Absolutely. Yep. That that network is huge. It is. But, you know, knowing them isn't enough. Them yeah. believing in you mm-hmm. is what it, what it takes. So had your performance or your attitude or your professionalism been subpar at Disney Cruise Line yep. when you met them and worked with them, mm-hmm. they would have been like, oh, no, we worked with her before. Don't bring her back. Exactly. But they believed in you. So mm-hmm. they said, no, we got to bring her back. So Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always tell kids that like when I'm doing any sort of masterclass or, you know, talking to students, it's like, you never know who's going to be the next person to, to hire you. Um, You know, always, obviously always bring your talent with you, but you have to, you know, put your best foot forward attitude and, and your work ethic, it it matters. And, you know, I'm proof of that because of, of weddings here. (laughs) Yeah. So you you called back, you, you said earlier, it was, a whole bunch of callbacks. What yes. was your fir- what was your first callback for? I mean, they only um, heard you sing eight bars, so they probably wanted you to spend a little more time on a song. Yes, I think from what I recall, I went back in and I sang. Um, they gave me some sides to read. Okay. So, um, one thing I loved about the wedding singer is that it is it really does feel like an ensemble piece. Um, the ensemble is such a big part of the show, and there are so many fun characters that. Um, the first time I went in, they gave me some sides. Um, there was a character that was cut from the original show. Her, she didn't have a name, but she was back brace girl and she wore back brace. <laughs> she was like 13 years old at a bar mitzvah and nobody would dance with her. So Robbie, the main character helps her and like the kid having the bar mitzvah get together to dance. It was very funny and very cute. And that was one of the first roles I read for, um, so that was that ended up being part of every callback I had. Um, I read for a uh, one of the brides that didn't end up in the show, who was kind of crazy and pregnant. <laughs> um, there were all, every time I went in, there were new characters to read for, which was also really fun. Um, and so I did a couple. I did that, and then there was a dance call, which to this day is the most fun dance call I've ever been to in my entire life because it was a room filled with all different types of people and all different ages. There were like grandma types. There were yeah. older men types. There were dancer dancers. There were, it was just a bunch of character actors and it was wow, so fun. Yeah. I and imagine, every yeah. time a group went and they did their dance, everybody on the sidelines would clap and cheer. I mean, I felt like I was in a party. Like it was wow. just 
so, so fun. Um, I've never been in a call like that before. It was, it was really, really great. And uh, after that, then we started auditioning for more, um, more of the characters. Um, I want to say it was maybe my last audition and I knew it was It was close to being the last audition. They added the role of Rosie to my callback material. Rosie is the grandma of Robbie. And um, it was at that point that I was like, I, I just don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen. Like I was feeling really good. And I was like, I just, I don't know. Um, And instead of like looking at the movie and trying to copy that lady, I did what I do. And that was uh, to imitate my own grandma. And I did it my own way and it worked out. I ended up being the first cover for, for grandma at 28 (laughs) years old. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. Um, Yeah. Have covers. Yeah. That's I was, awesome. yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> so you had, you had was seven or eight callbacks. Yeah, it was seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then one of them was a dancer call. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So from this, from the singer calls, you, you'd mentioned that you wore the, your tractor is sexy shirt. Yeah. Uh, how much did you change your wardrobe from callback to callback? From what I recall, once I, I want to say, not very much. If it was a change of wardrobe, it was, it's not like it was drastic. It may not have been the same t-shirt, but I would wear another fun t-shirt. Um, um, I may have worn the same thing maybe, maybe twice. Um, but I didn't really change it up too much. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about on the show is, you know, making sure you stand out and wearing mm-hmm. appropriate clothes for the auditions. And a lot of the dancers say that they, you know, for their callbacks, they wear the same thing because they're amongst a whole lot of dancers. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to singer calls and they get to see you individually sing a song, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just good to hear your perspective, especially going through so many callbacks that mm-hmm. you stuck with the same theme of clothing, it sounds yeah. like, but not necessarily the same thing every, every time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And obviously, it also depends on what you're auditioning for. Like, Wedding Singer is so, like, you know, funny and fun that I sort of stuck in that vein. I wouldn't have worn that same thing to, like, a Les Mis call, you know? (laughs) So Well, you would have stood out if you had. (laughs) You're like, thank you so much. (laughs) Now, uh, for the past seven years, you you played Dory in Finding Nemo, the musical at Walt Disney World. You know, a lot of people think of Broadway as the way to make a career in theater. And mm-hmm. there are so many other careers out there. I had a career performing and I never went to Broadway. I was out in Las Vegas and in Tokyo right. and on a cruise ship with you, you know, there, mm-hmm. so there's lots of, lots of opportunities out there, but can you talk to us about the audition process for finding Nemo? Because that production team was a pretty big production team and that's a pretty big production. Yeah, definitely. Um, when, so when I came into the show or when I auditioned for the show, it had been open for six or seven years already. So, um, I didn't get to meet the original production team for that show. Um, I wrote, I auditioned for the directors here in Orlando and the casting director here in Orlando. And, um, originally I had auditioned for Finding Nemo once before, I want to say three years before I actually got into the show, but I auditioned as Nemo. They called me and I was living in New York. They called me in um, for that. And I didn't get that, but I got another uh, job on Disney Cruise Line. <laughs> and um, so when I auditioned, I actually came to Orlando to audition. And 
I had an initial audition with the casting director. The next day I had an audition for the director. So, and yes. Was it a, a posted audition? Was it an open equity call or was it a, a private meet and greet that you it was, made happen? It was an open, uh, I don't know if it was open or if it was equity, but it was posted. Okay. I know that. Okay. Um, but because I wasn't living here at the time, I ended up emailing the casting director who I knew um, just from Cruise Line just to say, I hear you're, I know you're having this audition. I'm going to fly down. Um, how, how does it, I, I didn't really know how it worked down here and I needed some help. Should I fly in the day before? Is it, you know, what, just to kind of tell me how it all worked. Yeah. Um, he was nice enough to give me an appointment. So I didn't, I didn't initially email for the appointment, but he did give me one, which was nice since he knew I was coming, since I was flying in. Mm -hmm. um, so then, yeah, so I have my audition, like I said, that initial audition with him. And then the next what day I came back at a certain time to audition again for the director and casting director again. I sang the songs that they gave me. Um, oh, okay. I think I may have, I honestly don't remember if I sang my own song. I may okay. have, um, like the first thing I did. And then they had me do the callback material. And then I did some scenes as well. And then I left the room and the cast director came out and said, can you come back at the end of the day? We want to have a puppet um, workshop with you. Okay. So, and I was the only one to come back that day for the puppet workshop. So that was actually very valuable because the director was there. Um, I was told at the time that I was on the shorter side for a Dory. So they wanted to make sure that, I could handle the puppet. The oh, puppet, sure. You know, which was like I said, I'm really glad that I came down here to audition because had I auditioned in New York, they don't have the puppets up there. They, it's very easy. It, it could have been very easy for them to say, oh, she's only five, two. No, you know, yeah, too short. So, she can't handle the puppet. But exactly. You were able to prove so, um, that you could handle the puppet in front yeah. of the director. So yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it worked out. And I, I didn't hear for, I want to say three ish months. Really? Um, yeah. And then I'll, again, it's kind of like cruise line where it, it just, if, it, if they're interested in you, something has to be available for you to be hired. So it just so happened that, you know, three months later, um, it was, <laughs> it was available. Yeah. You've been with the show for a while. You've seen cast members come and go, um, you know, new auditions, uh, especially for, you know, the Walt Disney world. So is there a recommendation auditioning for um, for Walt Disney World? Because a lot of people do fly in from mm -hmm. colleges from around the country because Walt Disney World is a great place to get your equity card and to make a nice living and to perform right. and stay in your craft. Mm -hmm. So is it come in the night before? What do you think they should have ready for a Walt Disney World audition? Um, I would say, you know, treat it like any other audition that you're going to go to. Um, because I don't think whether you're auditioning for a Broadway show or a regional show, you're going to do the same work. It's not like one is different than the other. You're still, you know, putting your best foot forward. You're still going to sing what you need to sing. Um, I would say it helps to know where you fit, you know, what, what show you might fit into because not everybody fits into every show. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I'm so happy that I fit into Finding Nemo. I would not fit into Voices of Liberty. That's not my, that's not my wheelhouse, you know, but there are people that are just so amazing at that. Um, so I think it's, it's knowing, you know, what, um, 
what you're right for is going to help. Um, I would say when you're picking a song, pick something in the vein of that show, whether it be Finding Nemo, whether it be um, the Hoopty Doo Review, um, the Mermaid Show. I mean, whatever you're auditioning for, I think it it helps to be familiar with that and be familiar with what you're right for. Do you think somebody should be bringing and singing a Disney song? That's a tough call um, because I used to be, I want to, I don't want to say, you know, scared of singing a song that maybe is overdone or um, I guess there is still a part of me that wonders like, is this song overdone? But um, a casting director once told me like, if you feel confident singing that song and you're really good at it, you're going to be different than the other person that's singing it. So if it is, if it's in your heart and you're like, this is, this is what I do. This is going to show my, my best. Then I would say, yes, sing, sing what you want to sing. Um, if you can find something that you, you know, that you feel just as confident about and still fits then you know, either or, but I say, you know, go with your gut and what you, cause you want to feel good about what you're putting forward. What advice would you give your younger self? Ooh, what I, I would say, cause I wish I would have learned this earlier is <laughs> to, to trust my gut and trust that what I have to offer is going to fit somewhere. Um, because what makes me unique and what makes me um, stand out is going to make me special in a way that it's not going to make somebody else, you know, like everybody is different. So Try not to compare yourself to other people as much. Just do you and, you know, things are going to work out. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. That's, <laughs> I, I wish we could all learn that when we were younger. Yeah, right. It's so hard to be what we think they want us to be and, mm -hmm. and you're enough. And exactly. That's, yeah. That's great. That's great, Christina. I, I can't thank you enough for your time today, your advice and, and sharing your experiences with our audience. I, I, I'm not quite done with you yet. If you don't mind, I'd like to bring you back in a moment for our lightning round. Oh, okay. <laughs> Christina Sivrich, are you ready for our lightning round? I think so. <laughs> All right. I got 15 questions for you. They shouldn't be okay. too painful. Okay. First Broadway soundtrack you ever obsessed over? Les Mis. Go-to song when singing in the shower. Oh, gosh. Something 80s. It has to be 80s, definitely. Cindy Lauper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, time after time. Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cake or pie? Pie. Show you wish you could go back in time to be in. Oh, like one that I've done already? No, no, no. Just you go back in time. Maybe you could be like an original production of something or work with a celebrity or work with a star or whatever, oh. or something you've maybe already been in because you want to relive it. Whatever. Um, I, I, oh gosh. Um, oh, anything in like, like something in the fifties or sixties or Les Mis. Oh, oh, I would love to be in that show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> original cast of Les Mis. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, who is someone that if they punched you in the face, you would not be mad? Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> if you could do one show for the next five years, what would it be? Oh my gosh. I really want to be in Waitress. I, yes, Waitress. <laughs> Say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Oh gosh. Good day, mate. <laughs> Steven Sondheim is writing a musical about your favorite childhood toy. What is it? Cabbage Patch Kid. 
that's probably going to be a little creepy. <laughs> He could he could do something with it though. I believe in him. South Pacific or Oklahoma? South Pacific. Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish? Swedish Fish. Which animal bring brings more joy to the world? Squirrels or llamas? Oh, that's a hard one. Squirrels. Not a squirrel. Go to cast album when on a road trip. Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Duet you enjoy singing both parts to. Oh, gosh. Duet. See, I feel like every every soundtrack I listen to, I like to play all the parts, which is why I'm a great understudy, so it's hard to pick. Uh, I'm going to need a song, Christina. I'm not letting you off the hook. Oh, duet. my gosh. I hate to keep bringing up Les Mis, but I'm going to say In My Life. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, me too. I love I that. Do you love that song. Love Oh, I love it. I could do it all day long. <laughs> all right, sorry. I'll take myself out of this. This isn't about me. It's about you. Next, you're so right, though. What a great choice. Next superhero to have their own Broadway musical. Oh, a superhero. It's not really a superhero, but I think Baby Yoda deserves his own Broadway musical. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have it. You can have that. Okay. I show up for an audition. Mm -hmm. You haven't seen me... Uh, dance, heard me sing, or watched me act. Mm -hmm. What do you immediately typecast me as? I would say if you walked in the room, I did not know you, it would be the villain. <gasps> oh. Uh-huh. But oh. then I would oh. find out that you do a meme backflip, and then I would have you read for a bunch of things, so you would be in the ensemble, and you would cover the villain and, like, the best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I lost out on the principal role just because I could tumble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. I will take it. I will <laughs> take it. Uh, Christine, it's been wonderful catching up with you. Again, thank you for your advice. Thank you for your fun. Uh, thank you for sharing your experiences with our audience. I, I, I really appreciate it, and I know they do too. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you for having me, and I'm, it was fun. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you have a huge audition coming up, and you don't want to search through the same old monologue books, check out performerstuff.com. Our custom search feature lets you narrow down exactly what you're looking for, get a quick preview of the monologue, then print it out. Plus, lots of materials come straight from the playwright, so you won't walk in with the same monologue as everyone else. It's the easiest way to get your audition or classroom monologues. Search, preview, print at performerstuff.com. Well, there you go. Christina Sivrich, everybody. She's absolutely amazing. We should all embody her positivity and her friendliness. Such an amazing person. So, Christina, thank you so much. A couple of things I want to bring up. First of all, Christina just stays in her craft, right? I mean, from Broadway, back to cruise ships, to Broadway, to Walt Disney World. I mean, she just stays in her craft. And I, I love that. You should work to stay in your craft. Go where the work is. I've said that a number of times. But going to an open call with 500 other singers and having eight bars, what? That's when your network really kicks in and helps you out there. So uh, I hope you learned some great lessons there from Christina. If you're not following her on social media, you got to find Christina Sivrich on TikTok. Her videos are hilarious, <laughs> wonderful, lots of positivity there. So Christina Sivrich, thanks for joining us for our performance spotlight in the holding room. If you need music for an audition or a voice lesson, Performer Stuff's got you covered. 
PerformerStuff.com offers not only full music sheets, but also 32-bar and 16-bar cuts, pre-selected by our on-staff music directors with an intro and easy-to-read sheet for your accompanist. If you need some help practicing, you can download an audition bundle with the sheet music, a vocal lead, and practice track. Plus, the audio on the track matches the sheet music, so you can walk into your audition knowing exactly what to expect. As always, our search feature makes it easy for you to find what you're looking for. So when you need music, come check us out at PerformerStuff.com. Today in Professor's Corner, I'm talking to a gentleman who has been making a living on Broadway since 97 when he debuted in Titanic. He then went on to perform in The Full Monty on Broadway. He performed in The Boy From Oz with Hugh Jackman. He did the concert with Linda Etter. He was in uh, the original cast of The Wedding Singer. He was in the original cast of The Last Ship, written by Sting. He was in the original Broadway cast of Pretty Woman, the musical. And he also did Rock of Ages. And he did Stephen Sondheim's show at the Public Theater. I mean, this guy has been there and done that. And he's going to be back for another segment in our performer spotlight. But he was talking about his college audition and his college process and kind of what his education was like at Carnegie Mellon University. So I took that segment of my interview and made that today's Professor's Corner because he gives you a real dose of reality on what college is like, what they do and don't tell you, how it used to be and kind of maybe how it should be now to prepare you for the real world of which he is incredibly experienced in. So take a listen to the incredible Matthew Stokey. Matt Stokey, it is awesome to be talking to you today. How you doing, man? Fantastic, my friend. How are you? I'm good. So grateful you're on today with everything that you've accomplished and the productions and things that you've been a part of. I know our audience can learn from your experiences and from your insight and and what you self what you yourself have been through. Uh, happy to. Uh, I have a very different story than most people. I didn't start acting until I didn't set foot on stage until I was 18. Um, I was a baseball player. I was uh, I was uh, a pitcher. Um, I got recruited by a bunch of uh, of colleges and professional baseball teams, which all on draft day decided not to draft me, which was fun. Um, but through a very strange series of events between 1990 and 1991, I got on stage. I did a musical called The Mystery of Edwin Drood, which is still top five for me. Um, and then I went to college on a baseball scholarship. And while I was in college in Maryland, I took a theater class because I loved theater from the time I was a little kid. And I did stage crew in high school because it was the only thing I could do with my baseball schedule. Also, there were ton, it was a great way to meet girls. I'm not going to lie. Like the theater, everyone was like athletes, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, no, man, dance be in class, the musical. theater, be in the musical, dude. That's where all of the beautiful girls are. And so I could do both. I could be on stage crew and, you know, be around it and, my mom took me to see musicals when I was a kid. She took me to a musical called Your Arms Too Short to Box with God, um, starring Patti LaBelle in 1982. I was 11 years old, and Patti LaBelle sat on my lap. Get out. And, and yeah, this is the first story in my memoir that I'm writing. Right. Uh, and my mom said she looked down and my little toe was tapping. And she's like, she's like, uh-oh. And so through a very strange series of events cut through 1991, I was auditioning at, um, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I auditioned at Point Park. I auditioned at AMDA in New York because I wanted to come here and be in New York because I fell in love with New York. Um, and then on a whim, a friend of mine made me audition at Carnegie Mellon. 
And through a very, very strange spring of 1991, I ended up getting accepted uh, at CMU and ended up going, having never been in an acting class in my life. <laughs> so I, I went, I started at Carnegie Mellon University a little bit. Uh, you auditioned well, apparently. <laughs> well, you know what the funny part about CMU was, I would find out from my teachers that the thing I had going for me most was that I had no habits, none. No bad habits to correct. You're yeah, a that, that most, most kids who are coming into those big programs, first of all, have been coached like crazy. Um, and that's also a lesson to kind of be learned is that uh, for most of the four-year programs, they're not looking to cast a show. They're looking to cast a student. Um, so it's not about how polished you are. It's not about the, the, the total package of what you, you offer, but whether or not they see A, talent, and B, sort of malleability um, to fit into whatever their program is. And because I didn't know anything. That is a great, I'm going to stop you there for a second. Sure. That's, that's gold. That's a value bomb. Those, those, those four-year programs, they're not casting a show, they're not. casting a student. Yeah. That and you, can see, you can see it after years after I graduated, when they would, when, when Carnegie Mellon would come to New York and they would ask us to sit in and, you know, sometimes just talk to the, to, to the auditioners or sit in on auditions or read something with them or put them through the paces. Um, it was amazing when you just go into the, you know, the waiting areas at Ripley Greer or somewhere and you'd see everybody and they were done up and, you know, had the full beat and they were auditioning for a show. And I just wanted to go to all their parents and just be like, that's not it. It's really not it. If you showed up in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and you walked in there and they said, awesome, great, uh, great monologue. Can you do it now standing on your head and do it backwards? They're not doing that to see if you can actually do it. They're doing it to see if you go, yeah, absolutely, let's go. That's it. You know, not like, I'm sorry, I have this monologue and I did it this way and there's no other way I can do it because I was coached. They're like, mm, okay, well, thank you. My coach told me to come in here, stand on the X and say my name. Even That's though exactly he right. said my name, I'm still going to say my name. <laughs> yeah. I've been reading Michael Shirtliff's book since I was seven. I know, you know, like, like I know what to do. And, and it's, and it was, it, it certainly worked in my favor, but it, it, it is the one bit of advice that if I go talk to high school students and they're prepping to go to audition, you know, for programs, just repeatedly tell them you're not auditioning for the, for the ensemble of Frozen. You're not You're auditioning to be a student, you know, and it's a whole different thing. Um, that's, that's probably the most valuable piece of advice. And we just started. So yeah. for anybody who's, who's, you know, looking to go to a, a, a continuing program and if you're looking to go to a, to a, a conservatory, to a four-year program, really take that to heart because that's, that's, that's what they're, they're looking to find students. They're looking to find people that over four years, they can teach them their method. And the top tier of schools obviously have pretty proven methods. Yeah. Um, well, what's that, what's that, that baseball analogy that if you have two players, and they both run to first base at, for the same exact time, but one has perfect form, one has bad form, you're gonna hire the one that has bad form because you can fix their form and they're gonna blow that guy who has perfect form away. Completely. But you gotta Completely. be malleable. You have to show that, that staff that you can take direction, that you want to learn. You don't go in there thinking you're a superstar and like you said, auditioning to be in Frozen. No, you, you go in there saying, hey, I wanna learn from you. Hundred percent, and 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 you know a lot of it is sifting through uh, the kids who have been, um, you know, learning from. And I won't say I, I won't I won't uh, impugn local teachers, uh, local programs, especially down in your area. The the east the west coast of Florida has some great yeah. programs. I know the the Florida Thespian Society is 
that's legit. Um, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, like the, the whole Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania area, the Gene Kelly Awards, it's serious. And plus we have Pittsburgh CLO, we have CLO Academy. Uh, I mean, it, it's a hotbed and there are some great teachers, um, but trying to untrain a kid to come into your program, they just don't have time to do that. They just don't, they, they, you have to go in there with the idea that you're learning a new system. And I didn't know any system, which actually played against me because also I didn't know that I had to work at this. I thought that, hey man, I just got into Carnegie Mellon. I've never been in an acting class in my life. This is a piece of cake. And four years from now, I'm gonna be on Broadway just because I went to Carnegie Mellon. Also, I got myself a long black overcoat. I got an earring. I was like, I'm, I'm on Broadway. This is easy. Wow. And then at the at the middle of my freshman year, I was put on probation and told that I was going to get kicked out of school if I didn't start working. So that was quite a wake up call. Wow! Uh, there you go. You know, talk about your 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 reversal of fortune and how things can happen and how, as my mom always put it, she said that was when the fork in the road happened for you, where you could have been indignant and said screw you. Um, and what happened was I, I had been in school for a half a year. I didn't know how to work. I didn't know that it required that much effort to do scene study, to do uh, script analysis, to do uh, your speech and, and language work, to do your, your dynamics work, to do everything. Um, I really was going through the motions and just making sure I could sing a high A and be done with it. And uh, at the end of the first semester, they said you're put on final probation. And if by the end of, the, of your freshman year, it hasn't improved, you'll be cut. That was back when a lot of the programs had a serious cut program that they've gotten rid of since. But um, it was a pretty heavy motivator. And my motivation, uh, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, was not um, to kowtow to what they had said to me. My problem was that I had fallen in love with my classmates in four months. I, I made some of the best friends in my life who were still my best friends. And my indignation was, screw you, you're not going to tell me I can't be with these people anymore. You're telling me you can cut me and I'm not allowed to be here anymore? I wasn't having that. So I came back after Christmas with a, with a, 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 a new focus. And my focus was FU, which was not the best focus, but it got me to a certain place. And I had a teacher who said to me at the end of my freshman year, okay, you're working hard now. Now change your motivation, <laughs> make it be less screw us. And, and you know, that you just want to be a good actor that you just want to get the most out of this program. And I was like, okay. So there, you know, there, there, there are, 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 are times in your life when you have to sort of mature by fire. And my, my motivation was that you're not going to take me away from these people, you know, and, and it turned out that was a good motivation for me. And it did change. I finally got it together and said, Oh, okay. I really want to learn my craft, you know, which is a whole different thing. But um, on the show, we've talked to some people who are on faculty on staff and professors at universities. And I, and I, and I want to come back to what you just said uh, about some of the schools not having cut programs because what a cut program used to be was the real world waking you up because right. that company manager, that stage manager, that producer, if you don't perform, they're cutting you, they're right. ending your contract and you're getting fired. You know, yeah. you have these, yeah. these programs now that everybody is a winner. Everybody gets a trophy and then they go to the real world and start hitting auditions. Like, guess what? You're not getting feedback because we don't have time for that. Move on. Yeah. So there is that big part that I think some of the schools are really missing out on by, by getting rid of their cut programs. Um, a, a lot of the programs had to, a lot of them because they were deemed to be unfair, yeah. you know, and it kind of goes along with, 
a lot of things happening in, in our culture for for good and bad reasons. Um, and they had to. I know Carnegie Mellon does a thing now, which is utterly absurd. They don't cut you. They ask you to repeat a year. Ah. Carnegie Mellon now costs about $100,000 a year. That's a good way to cut somebody. Yeah. To say you have to repeat a year and they go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. So that's the way they sort of gotten around it. They also asked people to go if, if they didn't want to get cut, they would change their major to theater studies, which if you don't have a BFA from Carnegie Mellon, you don't have a BFA from Carnegie Mellon. Like that's just the way it goes. You know, so they, they got around ways of just saying goodbye. Hey, I can't thank you enough for your time and sharing your knowledge and your experience. Also, why? I also want you to share with everybody what you're working on and, and what, what else you do because you're an incredibly talented photographer. So how can I appreciate we that touch with you? Even though New York is a cutthroat uh, uh, headshot market, I started to build up a niche. And even though you can't do it full time here without really doing it full time and not being a, a, an actor, not being anything else, um, I've, I've managed to, to make it a really good side business. And actually, a lot of my business is in Florida. I come down a couple of times a year to Tampa and there's tons of schools, yeah. tons of schools and students. And I also do uh, corporate photography. So there's a lot of business people who need pictures. And it's, it's a lot easier to go out of town with sort of the cachet of being a New York photographer. Um, and also it's nice to have a resume that people can go, oh, you've also been on Broadway. It's nice to, to you know, kind of combine the two things. Um, but it's been great. And I actually, I, I have as much joy being on the, other side of the camera as I do being in front of it. In fact, in a lot of ways more so because I really do kind of get off on people smiling, people like looking at their pictures and going, these are good. <laughs> you know, it's nice. It's a, it's a great thing. I'm a Buddhist and I believe that we can change the energy of the room we're in. And then when we change the energy of the room we're in. You can't help but take it with you. It goes with you outside. So uh, I've loved it. It's been a great thing. My, my, uh, 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 on my Facebook page are links to, I call it Matt James Photo Studio. My middle name is James. I wanted to separate it from Stokey as a performer. Now I wish I hadn't because it just confuses people. Um, but mattjamesphotonyc.com, mattjamesphotonyc.com. Um, and it's been great. And this spring actually, or the, 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 the fall into the winter and now coming into the spring, I've been busy as hell because people are, the business is starting back up yeah. slowly but surely and people need photos, you know, and it's been, it's been really busy. Well, we'll put those links in the show notes. So it's easy Thank to you. find and click on it. But I mean, you see Matt's celebrity clients and I mean, if they trust <laughs> him with headshots, then you can trust him with headshots. He's a wonderful photographer. It, I, it helps to have been around a long time. I call <laughs> in a lot of favors and, and say, oh. Hey, come, come on over here. And so here's, here's the thing though. Um, we're gonna to have to duke it out for 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 handsome bald guy and whatever the show we're we're doing. Oh, right. I'll be I'll be older bald guy. You can be my younger cousin. There you go. Uh, I'll be I'll I'll be your standby because I got those kids I got to take care of. So you know, oh, that's true. If that's you, very if you true. Need a night off? I'll cover. That's fine. <laughs> we're down with that. Let's 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 make let's try and find a contract somewhere, huh? About that. <laughs> Matthew, I can't thank you enough again for your for your time and sharing your experience and your knowledge. I know our audience can really take away some real great value bombs. So I really appreciate you speaking to us and speaking to the audience. Loved it. Had a great time, Christian. Anytime and uh, 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 any questions from anybody on the on the website, feel free to you know direct them or check back in with me. And um, anything I can do to help, I love uh, 
uh, our conversation. I love talking to uh, people out there in podcast land. <laughs> All right. Join me, Mark Pawsey, your host for Pro Series on PerformerStuff.com with friends and colleagues from the entertainment world whom I've had the pleasure to work alongside during my illustrious show business career. Together in conversation, we share our knowledge, experiences, wisdom and passion for the arts. From Broadway in the West End to theme parks, cruise ships and everything in between, Pro Series will bring you tips on how we succeeded in this industry that we love and respect. Pro Series. Conversations with the pros brought to you by PerformerStuff.com. Matthew Stokey, everybody. You kind of heard him talk about some of his credits there, but like I said, he's been making a living on Broadway since 97, so he knows what he's talking about. He's been there, he's done that, and he's worked with those people, but uh, you know, his audition for college, really think about that. You are auditioning to become a college student for the next four years. They want to see that you're going to be able to grow and to mature and to learn and for them to be able to shape you and mold you. You're not auditioning to be in the chorus of a musical. So how do you prepare for your audition with that in mind? How do you show them that you are going to be a good student for the next four years and you will contribute to the program, but you're also willing to learn? That's a very different audition technique. So if you're being overcoached or overprogrammed to do this one thing, then maybe take a step back and think about the different choices in those songs or the different ways of doing those things to show those college professors who may want to see a different take and you be ready to go and give them a different take. So thank you, Matt. Great. Make sure you're checking Matt's website out. We'll put it in the show notes. He's a wonderful photographer. If you're ever in the New York area or you're down in the Tampa area, like he says, you know, give him a shout, see where he is, because trust me, his photography is amazing. And with the client list that he has, you can trust that he's going to get the shot that's going to help you in your career. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. June is Princess Month, and man, are we excited. Disney Princess, the concert, has recently been announced. Well, we have all four of those women coming your way in the month of June. I'm talking Susan Egan. Laura Osnes, Aisha Jackson, and Courtney Reed. That's right, The Bell, The Cinderella, The Jasmine, and The Anna, all on Broadway, are going to be on this show. You are not going to want to miss their stories, their audition techniques, and what they've accomplished and what they've learned along the way. Some amazing stories coming your way. Tell a friend. It is Broadway Princess Month, the month of June, and those four incredible women are going to be on the show. You don't want to miss it. Trust me. I've already interviewed them. They're amazing. So make sure you're subscribing in the holding room on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you're going to want to watch these episodes. So make sure you're checking it out on performerstuff.com. We'll see you next month for Princess Month here in the holding room. <laughs>